the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. Monday, January 13th. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, back from Canada, Tass Millis. Hello, everybody. What's up, Tassie? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Hey, yo. We got the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm, really? And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Guys, follow us on social media. Twitter. And Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook. Everybody knows that at Facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And we kindly ask you to email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. It's another week, which means we'll have another Steppin' on the Beach podcast later this week. So get those cues in for Beach Steppin', that mailbag-only episode, as soon as possible. Best bet to get them in here on Monday or Tuesday, because we usually go beach stepping on a Wednesday. Guys, Monday though, winners and losers from the NBA weekend. Let's start with the winners. Who wants to get us started here on a fine Monday morning? I can kick us off because I do believe it's official. The Grizzlies should be everyone's sweetheart team. The mm. Memphis Grizzlies are who everyone should root for to get into the playoffs. Preach. Where they are right now because they beat the Spurs who are battling for that last spot. A good win for the young Memphis Grizzlies and the Warriors. Grizzlies have won five in a row. Why should you cheer for them? Well, they're a small market. They're young. They're led by John Morant, a man who will win Rookie of the Year and who is must-watch television. The best part about Ja, he's not selfish. This team has hit over 30 assists their last five games. It's great for a young team. But not only that, they're modern. Jaron Jackson Jr., modern-day big man, a three-pointer in 28 straight games. That's a lot. Nearly a franchise record. And he passes to an old-school big man. Jonas Valanciunas, they're dealing, they're wheeling. Jonas had 31 and 19, a guy that we sort of root for in this room a little bit. Uh, they have bigs who's a high who's a high flyer like Brandon Clark, fun. They have likable tough guys like Jay Crowder. They have lovable bench guys like Bruno Caboclo and Kyle <laughs> Anderson. They have great name guys like Bruno Caboclo and uh, DeAnthony Melton. Uh-huh. And they have a token white guy, Grayson Allen, who's more than a token white guy. But he's also a token white guy. Um, <laughs> and they do have a couple Canadians, too. That always helps. Yeah, for in, in sure. Brooks and Clark. Yeah, this is a fun team. There's lots to, lots to like about this team. And, and John Morant, uh, I, you know, he's wise beyond his years. Against those Spurs on Friday, uh, he chilled out. It's sort of like a CP3. Chilled out the first three quarters and took over in the fourth quarter. He went six of eight in the fourth. Twelve points in the fourth quarter. Ninth time he's done that, recording double-digit scoring in the fourth. He's... Uh, he likes getting his teammates involved, 30 assists. That's that's exactly what Taylor Jenkins, their coach, mm-hmm. you forget his name quite often, I'm sure, what uh, he's expecting out of that team. So I think they are they are the sweetheart team of the NBA this season. I 100% want the Grizzlies to make the playoffs too, specifically to see John Morant in a playoff series. Sure. Like, I always think back to Dwayne Wade as a rookie making it with the Heat and getting in there and like sort of opening a lot of eyes for some people back in, I believe, 03, 04, obviously his first year there. Um, and how fun that was, again, for just a rook to put on a show like that. I think you would get similar things from John Morant. They may not win a series. Okay, no problem. But get those reps in early. Get more attention on them. Uh, get used to that. those type of games, uh, You know, the do-or-die games in the playoff series. It would, I think it would mean a lot to him and obviously other guys like young guys like Brooks and Jackson as well. So I'm with you, Tass. That's a... I guess that's the second week in a row. I think I had them uh, last Monday as a, as a winner of the weekend, the Grizzlies too. So uh, putting it together here with that five-game winning streak. Crazy to think that the Grizzlies, 
now are kind of what the Pelicans were supposed to be, right? They're rallying around their rookie. That should have been Zion Williamson for the Pelicans. They've got some young pieces there who we weren't quite sure how they would play coming in uh, to this season early in their careers. You could tra- uh, contrast like a Brandon Ingram with a Jaron Jackson Jr. And then you got some vets around a Drew Holiday, a Jonas Valanciunas guys yeah. who hopefully are able to set the culture. Obviously, Zion got hurt, but Ja has been just as much of a game changer for the Grizzlies as we assume Zion would have been for the Pelicans. Uh, it just happened to the number two seed or the number two pick this year instead of the number one pick. But yeah. They are super fun to watch. I also think back to Derrick Rose as a rookie, went Mm in uh, to the playoffs playing against the Celtics, and that was one of the all-time great first-round series, at least of the past, you know, 20 years or something like that. They lost 4-3 against the Celtics. That was like Ben Gordon and Ray Allen trading buckets all the time. But uh, it was fun to watch Derrick Rose during those playoffs, and it would be Huge to watch Ja these playoffs. Yeah, John Moran is averaging nearly 18 points per game, seven assists per game, three and a half boards. Uh, his splits are great. You know, 48% from the floor, 39% from three, 80% at the line. I was thinking, I'm glad you brought up Zion there and comparing sort of these Grizzlies to the Pelicans. You know, we saw Zion throwing down some pretty, uh, pretty nice dunks in warm up on Friday. Now he hasn't played yet. You see what he's throwing down. You, your your mind immediately goes to, well, he's not that far removed from possibly returning here. And I wonder. As incredible as John Morant and the Grizzlies have been through, you know, around 40 games here or so, is there any way Zion could steal a Rookie of the Year from John Morant if he were to come back in, you know, let's say in the next week or two? Or is he just too far behind the eight ball because the way John Morant has played as well? Yeah, they're, they're, it's halfway through the season. And I think it's Gri- impossible. The Grizzlies are winning. And, and you yeah, mentioned, no, you no, mentioned Morant's splits there. What's incredible to me is his field goal percentage yeah, for a young guy. He gets the free throw line as well. Like mm-hmm. This guy, is. Uh, it, it feels like he's been in the league a lot longer for his ability to be able to control games. Talking about that game against the Spurs too on, on Friday night. Spurs made that a game. And it was one of those games because we know the Spurs uh, are starting to play a little bit, but had a good win over the Celtics and a good win again last night against the Raptors. Friday night was like, oh, well, the veteran Spurs are definitely going to win this one. But they weren't able to do that. And again, Morant was just fantastic uh, closing down. And, and those two are battling for eighth spot right now in the playoffs. So it's still so much time to go, but that's a huge win mm-hmm. for the Grizzlies. So, uh, but getting back to your question. Your question, I don't think um, I don't think Zion could steal it from this point. I mean, unless, outside of a, a horrible John Morant injury course, that puts if, him out for the second half yeah. of the season, then Zion yeah, but he's not still, playing. But still, Zion would have to crush him, right? Zion would have to come out and be amazing. Well, if but Zion comes back, I mean, I don't think it's average, that far-fetched to, to see him putting up 2010s. So yeah, he, he'd have to do knows, that. He literally would have to do that. If, yeah. the, if the Pelicans were to surge into the playoffs right. behind it, yeah. then, then there's a conversation. But again, that would still take Morant just completely falling off the yeah. map yeah. I think for it would the be, remainder of this season. Yeah, I think it would have to be two-parter. It'd have to be Joel Embiid being a... Joel Embiid. I'm, I'm looking at Joel Embiid's name because he was the guy who was amazing through 30 games right, in his rookie right, year. Right, right, right. But then he had a second place of a Dario Sarge, Malcolm Brogdon type of guys behind him who played a lot and did enough. Yep. And now you've got a John Morant who's you know taken over the league. Like You would literally, I think, have to have John Morant play like 30 or 40 games like Joel Embiid did. I think he'd have to just be injured and you would have to have Zion yeah. Williamson ball out but I don't think this team is really going anywhere I think they're just solid but they are going somewhere next season because Andre Godala is currently their highest paid player and he's obviously not playing for them whatsoever so if somebody wants to say hey I want to play with that John Morant guy who gets players involved for three quarters 
they got lots and lots and lots of cap room coming up next season. So, well, how good do the Grizzlies have to be before Iguodala says, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stick around. Yeah. This looks like fun." <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Right? I mean, we're talking about how great it is to watch John Morant and Jaron Jackson, and how they're a fun team, and they're on the up and coming swing. I don't know if you're right there. I mean, I know Iguodala's out there hitting the links yeah. golfing, but uh. He can't be ignoring this, right? He's still cashing checks that say Memphis Grizzlies yeah. on him. Maybe they can entice him. Come on back. Hang out. What are the odds? Andre Iguodala comes back. I would say <laughs> one billion to one also, for I have, the Grizzlies. I have no intel on this by any means. I have no sources. But I do like looking at the calendar here, looking at the schedule, and seeing a week from today, January 20th, uh, Martin Luther King Day, Pelicans versus the Grizzlies. Mm. It'd be a perfect, Ooh, perfect day spicy. for Zion Williamson to make his uh, NBA debut. I'm just saying. I just want to see it. All right, so Grizzlies, a winner of the weekend. I like that one. Trey, who do you have? Another winner of the weekend, the shorthanded Los Angeles Los Angeles Lakers. One on Friday, one on Saturday. The Friday win, LeBron came in questionable, and he looked to me very casually dominant. Playing that game, it looked like he was going about 80% speed, but he was really focusing more, I felt like, on the power. He was using his body, using his spin moves, picking guys out, but just wasn't playing incredibly fast or anything like that. Just a masterful performance. 26 points from Kyle Kuzma. Like to see that. Took 22 shots, but at least he's taking 22 shots. At least he's out there knowing his role and aggressive. And yep. then on Saturday, LeBron finally is sick enough to not play. Out with a cold, and Kuzma went crazy. 36 points for Kuzma, 21 for Rondo, along with 12 rebounds and 8 assists. The Lakers had 7 guys in double digits on the second night of a back-to-back. Caruso double digits, Quinn Cook, Troy Daniels, Dwight Howard. They smoked the Thunder, who have been playing pretty well. I thought this was a couple of really nice wins for the Lakers, and I thought it was great to see Kuzma get going. We were talking about it earlier uh, last week. We said, with Anthony Davis going down with the bruised boost, there's going to be an opportunity here for Kuzma to get in good with the Lakers, or at least increase his trade value. I think we've seen time and time again that the third scorer has to sacrifice the most. So Kuzma going up to the number two scorer role, number one scorer role on Saturday. It was great for Kuz. Maybe this is the kind of thing that kind of spurs him on for the rest of the season, or maybe it just lasts for a month, but then you can trade him for somebody who's really, really good. Well, when Davis comes back and LeBron comes back, he won't be getting 20 shots a game, but when they're down, if the coach can say, okay, Kuz, now's your opportunity, and he goes out there and produces, and they get wins, I mean, that's great. And, And this is the thing with Kuzma. He's been on a team where no one really cared for those first couple of years. And now it's like everyone really magnifies what he does and what his role is, and he struggled to adapt to that. Instead, starting lineup, it was clear to me against the Mavericks, Frank Vogel said, you're going to get shots, man, so go and make them. And and he did. He he started off that game red hot. He cooled down a little bit in the second half, but then again, one night later, he goes out there, same chance. Only he took 24 shots this game, two more than the night before, and ended up with 36. Uh, he, he was great. And, and, you know, for Frank Vogel to look at that team, he had LeBron sitting down, he had Davis sitting down, and they don't miss a beat. They get two very, very important wins. That just shows the depth that they have. Um, and, and, you know, everyone sort of is ready to step up and uh, fill in for them. So, great. I mean, against the Mavericks, they didn't have a big. I mean, Boban played a few minutes and actually gave them a little bit of trouble. Dwight and JaVale both got in foul trouble too. And Jared Dudley was kind of out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not, not, really, not really playing center, but but, but playing a spot, and yeah. a position. So uh, that that's what's uh, pretty impressive there for the Lakers because, um, you know, <laughs> Davis, they brought him out there. Originally, we didn't even think he was going to go on that trip. He goes out there, I guess, as a as a maybe. But then they like, 
hey man, get a bit of rest in here while you can. So yeah, and I think stuff. I think the five games that they've separated themselves from the second place Denver Nuggets also lends itself to a couple games of rest for the big boys. And no matter what LeBron says about playing every single game, because he doesn't do that load management thing. I'm sure he's he's definitely sick. The flu's going around. The, the, the bug is going around he the association. Have, he doesn't even have the flu. I couldn't believe That's this right. That's why I called it a bug. Yeah. I mean, the flu would be a little too much. Flu, he'd have to sit. But he's he's just got the bug. Got he's got a cold. It was <laughs> actually in the injury report as a cold. And this was hilarious timing because I was exchanging texts with Amir Blumenfeld, who's come on the podcast a couple times, about the idea of, like, <laughs> do they ever say a guy has a cold? I swear to God, this was ha- we did this before the news broke that LeBron was out with the cold. Because I was like, nah. They just say flu all the time, no matter what it is, because in our society, if you have a flu, we're like, hey, that guy's really sick, or she's really sick, she should stay home from work. But if if you say you got the cold, everyone's like, that's eh, just a cold. Suck it up. Like, you can still play. That's so that's point. why my theory was they just call everything the flu, even if you had the cold. Well, and we- then a mere hour later, a mere hour <laughs> later, show it to Amir. Um, yeah, we got this news that he actually was leaning into saying, no, I just got the cold. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Well, we've seen upper respiratory infection <laughs> sure. on, on reports before, which is a cold. Yeah, that's yeah. not that's fair. Joel Embiid. Respiratory infection yeah. last year in the playoffs. But see, it's they happened. won't call it a cold. No, that's my yeah, point. You're right. That's a good point. And LeBron says, no, I just have a cold. That's because it looks pretty bad on the score sheet. DNP cold. It doesn't look like an illness. They're mm. like, that guy's just freezing. DNP runny nose. <laughs> yeah. Bad cough. Scratchy throat. Um, yeah, so Lakers, that, that's, a, that's a fair one there. I also Short-handed. thought LeBron's uh, sideline uniform was pretty hilarious. He's wearing a sweatsuit, but you have to wear a jacket, so he's just wearing a blazer over top like a Nike sweatsuit, and people are like, ooh, the drip. All <laughs> look at the drip. Weren't um, you had you had LeBron, you had Anthony Davis, and who was the third guy wearing the exact same thing for the Lakers? Danny Green, probably. I don't yeah, think he played on Saturday. They all had that same look. They had the the that's the drip, the hoodie, and then the the jacket over it. It was a good look and a good weekend for the Lakers, who are yeah pulling away there in the Western Conference in terms of the standings. All right. Who you got, Lily? Well, another team that was shorthanded with uh, an illness going through their team was uh, the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell sat out yesterday. He did play Friday night, yeah. uh, but he was clearly uh, struggling with the illness. And was the this Jazz- a flu? I guess so, yeah. 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 I, I mean, did, there was I, I a did... flu bug was going around, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Wash your hands, players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's it. Everyone touches the ball. Yeah. You know? It's like an orb. <laughs> Everyone gets it. Um, but it was two two wins for the for the Jazz. Yep. Uh, now, the bigger picture, though, here is what I'm looking at with Utah. That's nine straight since the Jordan-Clarkson trade and 14 of 15. Yeah. And they're actually tied with the, Ma- uh, with the Nuggets' third now in the West because the Nuggets won last night. Um, and Jordan-Clarkson, I thought, specifically last night against the Wizards, he was really good. Closing that game out. Took some good shots. Made some great passes to Rudy Gobert. Again, a team they should beat. Yeah. Uh, They've had an did. easy part well, of the schedule So that's, that's my next point here. 14 yeah. or 15, yeah. Of those 14 or 15, only one has been against uh, a team over 500, the LA Clippers. But still, for the Jazz... The season didn't start off all, all that well, and they've got to get these wins. They've got to bank these wins, and look what it yeah. does. It, it vaults you up the standings, and that's what I think is, is, is really important here for Utah. Maybe they're figuring it out. Now, there's a few questions, though, for Quinn Snyder, because Mike Conley's been out for a while. What happens when he comes back now? Because coaches are kind of superstitious, and Jordan Clarkson's been playing really well. Mm-hmm. So who gets those minutes? I mean, Conley, I think we all agree, is a better player, but Clarkson has been playing really well and, and certainly adapted to that lineup a little better. Yep. Um, now Mitchell's probably going to miss, maybe only miss another game or not. It might it might be back depending on how he recovers. But things right now just look really quite good for Utah. And and, and the Mike Conley situation is very very interesting because he hasn't really 
fit into that team. Yeah, the flip side of that, though, to me is, I mean, what, are you going to convince yourself the Utah Jazz with Jordan Clarkson playing a key role is a championship contender? <laughs> no. Probably not. My point is you're going to need, in theory, you know, Mike Conley of old uh, to really, really make a run. But you are right. I mean, it's still a, a decision to be made in terms yeah. of the lineups and the minutes and uh, who gets them and where they – and the spot minutes. Yeah, that's – especially with the way they're rolling, you're right. Not easy, but in my mind you're still like – Big picture, unless you're moving Conley, well, we need Mike Conley to be, again, Grizzlies Mike Conley, playoffs Mike Conley, to have a real, real chance of knocking off your Lakers and your Clippers and maybe trying to go to the finals. Uh, I agree, and that, but that's, uh, that's the, the sort of question that's facing Quinn Snyder because yeah. if a guy comes in and starts playing well and the team's winning, coaches don't like to just no, say, no, you know what, you're not wrong. You know, I'm just going to give it to Conley because he's, he's the more experienced and the better vet. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, if Conley is able to play as well, you back into that team, and then what happens with those minutes, because there's simply not enough to go around. But uh, overall, I think for the Jazz, this has probably been one of the quietest streaks we've seen, largely because they've beaten up on teams that they should beat, but yeah. they weren't able to do that earlier in the season. Yeah, earned a hilarious tweet from Slam Online. The Utah Jazz are on the longest streak in the league, and no one's talking about it. Why? <laughs> hey, Slam. Guess what you could talk about? Guess what you literally haven't talked about since tweeting that? The jazz streak. Are you crazy? How come we're not talking about this? I don't know. Why Why aren't you? Why literally, you? why are you, you not are talking about it? You definitely yeah. could be if who, you want to. Somebody who, who responded to that saying exactly that. Uh, you could do that. <laughs> well, I got another uh, game. We got two more games on the road, I should say. The jazz do. They're in Brooklyn. Then they're in New Orleans. Take on the Pelicans. And then home for the Kings Pacers. Then again on the road in the Warriors. I mean, there's still winnable games coming yeah. up here. The streak could continue. Some of those teams are a little bit better than some of the teams they've been beaten up on, but they are playing well. And uh, a lot of it, you're right, is uh, the, the lineups working. Clarkson has been great. And uh, Rudy Gobert's been killing Rudy's it, too. Rudy's been fantastic. Helping yeah. his uh, all-star chances, I think, of trying to make it to the game. Great the timing time. for him to be playing yeah, like that's this. That's exactly right. Timing matters when it comes to the all-star game, especially with the coaches' reserve picks. So, yeah, good stuff for the Jazz. I'm going to give a winner of the weekend, guys, to the Eastern Conference All-Star Returns. Mm. And I'm not talking about the fan vote, okay? No. I saw this in the doc. I was like, there was more returns? No, no, this no. This is ridiculous. No, Eastern Conference All-Star Returns. What do I mean by that? Well, Bradley Beal coming back. He missed five games uh, with right leg soreness, but he's back in the lineup. Now, the Wizards didn't win. They lost to the Jazz, but he scored 25 points. Nice to have Bradley Beal back, of course. Same with the Raptors. They lost, but Pascal Siakam. Potential all-star this year for the first time. Scored 15. He was he was on fire in the first quarter versus the Spurs on Sunday. Scored 12 of his 15, and then he went. Then he literally, the rust showed up. I mean, he was bad. Mm-hmm. He missed a bunny at the end that would have tied it, like a wide-open layup. It was very weird to see him miss that. But, uh, you know, understandable. The guy hasn't played since December 18th, I think it was. Mm-hmm. He was out with the groin injury. So started hot, cooled off, and then, and then the Spurs got the W. But he's back, so that's good. And then Kyrie Irving. A third guy there, a potential Eastern All-Star, a guy that's been an All-Star before, of course. Kyrie, he hadn't played in two months. Wow. He comes back. Yeah, two months. He had been out. Comes back, makes his return, hits 10 of 11 shots in the best shooting night of his career. He should take more <laughs> two-month chunks off, I think, and then come Pretty back. Pretty fresh after that. Yeah, he scored 21 points in 20 minutes uh, coming back from the injured right shoulder. And, like, a week ago, we were like, uh, is Kyrie Irving done for the rest of the season? He's getting this cortisone shot. Like, uh, what's going on there? But he's back, and they killed the Hawks. I mean, the Nets did. 108-86. It wasn't even that close. No Trey Young in it. But, yeah. It's, uh, you know, the Nets did all right without Kyrie. I think we got to say that. They went, I believe they went, like, 13-13. and 13. They were a 500 squad. 
Um, but you you know you add Kyrie back into that bunch. Yeah, you're playing the Hawks, but your confidence you just see it like their confidence. It just goes up a level because that's what Kyrie brings to your squad, um, and and here he is back. And they had a seven-game losing streak there too, despite the thirteen and thirteen record. Now they've won two in a row, and you know it'll. You talk about Conley and and when he comes back and what Snyder does. Well, something to watch is Kenny Atkinson juggling the minutes of Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie who was balling out when Kyrie was out, and even Karis LeVert who has come back recently. So just to watch that. Mm-hmm. But again, two good wins over the weekend, and and uh, a winner to having some more star power back in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it was good to see. Good to see Kyrie looking good, and I like seeing Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyrie getting the starts together because yeah. Dinwiddie was pretty solid uh, while Kyrie was gone, put his name at least up for consideration as an all-star player, but the three-point shooting wasn't there for the Nets with Kyrie on the bench, and that's something additional that he adds when he's in the lineup. The Nets were basically a 500 team last year. They were 42-40. and 40. You lost D'Angelo Russell, you brought in Kyrie Irving, but then he was gone. You're still a 500 team with an a fringe all-star guy in Spencer Dinwiddie. They did a good job of holding the fort, and hopefully now they're able to string some wins together getting their star back. It's just good to have Kyrie back for the uh, top 10 plays, right, too, that yeah. you see on NBA.com. I mean, he's just he had a couple beautiful finishes uh, you know, with the left. He had that mm-hmm. one where he kissed off the glass looking like MJ fading away. I mean, he was putting <laughs> on a show, and there's the dribbling, of course. Just nice to have him back again in just highlights alone. He's so much fun to watch. He's got a cool look to him. He's got a cool shot. Yeah. He's got swagger. He's, he's everything, man. Trimmed his hair a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah shorter. It's, it's a little fresher. And uh, as he said last week, it's an entertainment league, and I think I've put in a lot of work in this league to be up there, whether I'm playing or not. And if you want to see an All-Star game, I'd vote for myself that's as why, well. That's why people. That's why there's some uh, maybe Kyrie haters, if you want to call them that, saying, tweeting, uh, oh, he's only come back because he wants to get in the All-Star game. He wants to play in the All-Star game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so? And like, Good. the idea Welcome is back. like, he'll come back, he'll play well for a couple weeks here, he'll make the All-Star game, he'll play, and then soon after that, oh, ah, that right shoulder's flaring up. Uh, I'm going to have to miss a couple more, uh, couple more weeks here, Coach. Uh, the conspiracy theorists are already out there saying, wow, he looked great for supposedly having an injured yeah, shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy, huh? One yeah. little shot of cortisone and you can score that many points in 20 minutes? I don't know. Well, I mean, I did say it last week. It, it was odd the way he planned it all out, the way he talked to the media and said, hey, I might be out for the season. Five days later, I'm coming back within a week. It's a little, little weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. But that that quote was from from ESPN's Malik Andrews. Had to mention that, uh, and that's why it's bad for Trey Young. Let's just I'm just going to jump into my Trey Young loser of the weekend oh, here okay. because Trey Young's All Star chances they're not guaranteed despite his numbers. Absolutely not. As of the latest fan voting on January 9th, Trey was first among Eastern Conference guards. That's good. Fans make up only 50% of the all-star voting equation for the starters of the game. As we know, the other half of the equation, media and players who are getting their ballots soon because the starters are revealed in 10 days. And the Hawks are firmly in dead last mm-hmm. in the East because the, the Knicks NBA. won. It, the full no, NBA. Yeah, they're one game back. Yeah. yeah, one game back of the Warriors. But I, I think when the, the ballots are come out right now, they're voting within 10 days. They're going to look at there's no way they're going to catch the 14th place New York Knicks. So that's that's horrible for them. Obviously, Kyrie comes back. Beal comes back, who's in a very similar scenario. Bad team. Good points. Yeah. Uh, and if he doesn't make it as a starter, then he goes through the po- process of coaches voting as him as a reserve. I don't think it's a guarantee there either because Kemba Walker w- will be making it. There's probably about five guards. Then it could be Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, Beal. And then he's, he's in amongst... Up against the Lowry's, the yeah. Brogdon's, those the Grahams. Vets, those yeah. vets are definitely yeah. going to get in ahead of him, in my opinion. 
The, re- the so? respect vote. I, I don't think. know. The I, Joe Johnson vote. My gut says Trey Young is going to be in the All-Star game. I, I, I mean, the, I guess... I'm leaning towards thinking he'll be there as well. The, the games played between Trey Young and Beal, I think, is going to be going to be perhaps a determining factor yeah, there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's fair. But you're right. Uh, Kyrie coming back doesn't help his chances. There's, there's no doubt yeah. about that. Uh, yeah. So you got Trey and the as, fact as that they stink. I mean, yeah, they, they can't garbage. they can't win a game, and they got blown out got by those hammered. Brooklyn Nets. They got like forty points or something like that in this yeah. game. Like it was close to. I don't know. I couldn't even do the math. It was where, too high. where are you right now? And Lowry is the all star. Um, well, yeah, I I had been saying all earlier in the season. I was just like, I just don't see it. Uh, you know, he he was injured. Van Vliet was balling. I was like, you know, are the Raps gonna really get more than one all star? Siakam is the all star. Things turned after Siakam got hurt. Everybody got hurt on the wraps, and Lowry, I mean, was carrying them for for good chunks of games. He was he was the Chris Paul of the East there for a while, um, in in his impact in the Raptors still winning games despite not having Siakam and not having Gasol and not having Norman, not having Serge at times, not having Van Vliet at times. Like, he, all <laughs> I, I say all of that to get to, I'm still thinking he doesn't make it, mm. but. But it is the coaches picking this reserves. He's not going to make it as a starter. We know that. And they, in, in theory, are going to be high on a guy like Lowry. I think so. They are going to be very high on a guy like Lowry, especially over probably a Young or a Beal mm-hmm. or something like that. So, yeah, I'll put it, I'll put it at... <laughs> I'll put it at 50-50 right now. Uh, I mean, I say he's in. I say he's in. Yeah. I think so. I guess if Siakam is voted in, I mean, really does... That, in a weird way, helps his chances, I think, because then it's the, then it's the coaches not having to select two Raptors, right? Which might be a real stretch, and right. it's just like you know having to pick one. So yeah, yeah. I don't know where do you guys fall. Like Te- Lee's pretty confident. I- I'm split still. Look, I was happy to give Kyle Lowry a, a vote after he kissed his son during oh, gameplay. Yeah. That was pretty that was awesome. Oh, but I'd also be more interested in giving two Raptors votes if they would stop blowing ten point leads. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah, it was a rough one there on Sunday. It's happened a lot lately. They were a big again on the Spurs on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, that, not good. Not a good look. And then, well, then it, that was a weird game, and we can get into that if we want to. But uh, that was just strange. They were up huge, and the Spurs are suddenly up big, and then the Raptors hit three threes, and then there's, you know, Bellinelli hits the massive, massive three, and Aldridge is missing free throws, and then, uh, yeah. It was I feel a, like that's a weird game. every Raptors game right now. I feel like I see Alex Wong tweeting, never underestimate the heart of a champion in every single game because it's like the Raptors get up big, then the Raptors are down big, then the Raptors are up big, then they're down big. Steady the ship, boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lowry, all-star chances, though? I think very slim. Slim. Yeah. Slim. Unlike Lowry's butt. Unlike the boost. (laughs) Yeah, he's come back to chubby Lowry, which is great. He went skinny there for a while. Did it ever leave? I don't know. For a while there he was. All right, well, we got Trey Young... uh, his all-star chances, at the very least, as as a loser of the weekend. Uh, Lee, who do you have? I'm going with a, a very specific loser, and it's the Los Angeles Clippers. It's specifically Patrick Beverly and Doc Rivers closing out last night's game against the Denver Nuggets. Because okay. this was a, an 18-point lead by the Nuggets with six minutes to go. And, you know, in a, in a game where the Clippers led early, and then the Nuggets started playing really well, and the Nuggets coming off a terrible home loss the night before against the Cavaliers. Yep. Anyway, Clippers go on a 10-0 run. It's like, they're back in it. They're back in we it. got a game. And then all of a sudden, the Clippers, for a team that's got a lot of veterans on it, and there's a team that we consider a championship contender, really unraveled. Some really bad, sloppy defense. Montrez Harrell laid out, Jer- uh, uh, what's his name? Grant. Jer- Jeremy Grant. Now, he got a flagrant for that, and I thought it was fair. It was He was slightly moving, but it was kind of timing there. But then Patrick Beverly, who's a guy who I respect as a defender, but he clearly at times goes way over the top in his flopping and his embellishment. And it cost his team. 
Mm. It cost his team last night. And if this is a playoff game or a game that you know could decide a seeding in the West, that's just bad. Yeah. It's just bad. And then Doc Rivers getting attacked. By the time Doc Rivers got the ejection, there was only a minute or so to go and they were down 10. Does Doc do this all the time but, but and Ryan crazy? But he has done this, I feel like, four or five times now, whereas he the, loses, the game he, is over, so to speak, yeah. and he's upset, and then he's like, well, just let me get out of here. Yeah, and, 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 and if, you, if you remember back to the Clippers days... When uh, sorry, he's still a but I mean the big three of Chris Paul and Blake and DeAndre. Lob Remember, City. Doc Rivers also said, "Hey, composure starts with the coach. Composure starts with." And he was getting ejected and tech fouls, and they were complaining all the time because it started with him. And he said, "Look, we got to we got to do better, and I've got to do better." But again, this is a this is a bit of a bad sign, I think, for the Clippers that they do lose their composure in in games mm-hmm. where the game was still there to be won. Uh, the Nuggets yeah, offense. It was. The Nuggets offense really grinded to a halt there. They couldn't get anything going. They were taking some bad shots. And Did I thought, you think the sixth foul specifically on Beverly was warranted, where he was like yeah, trying to sort like of a stop rugby tackle. Yeah, and I don't even watch rugby, but it was a rugby tackle. But he'd done that. He'd done that <laughs> on, on, on a couple of plays earlier where he was trying to establish position. That's and what he, he's and doing. Yeah. It does that, and then Jokic, I don't watch rugby either, though. Do they not use their arms? Because I don't think he uses his arms. Well, but but, but what he like, what he's doing is not defense. Like he's there just trying to get a stupid call on an offensive foul. That's not. Yeah, like, he's trying to get away with it. Yeah, but he, but he did it. He did it on the other play, and Jokic just kind of bashed him out the way, and they didn't call it, yeah. which was the right thing to do because he was being stupid. But then he does this other one, where again it costs his team. He's got to be better than that. He's fouled out several times yep. this season, and 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 the Clippers need to be much better in in these cr- uh, clutch moments. If they are going to be considered a legit contender, I know they're resting Paul uh, Paul George. I know how many games have Paul George and Kawhi played together? I think sixteen or eighteen. Is or it something even? It is. Well, I yeah. didn't even know if it was that. Um, but uh, it, it's it's just for me, you know, they they get up for the Lakers, and then these other games, I think they almost just try to uh, you squeeze wins out when they should be better than they were. So uh, I, I just thought it was a bad look for the Clippers. Yeah, Beverly has fouled out. Five times yeah. this season already. He's got to be uh, leading the three NBA the Rockets, as an active active leader, I would guess. Hmm. This isn't his first year doing this. He, right. yeah. he fouls out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's one thing to be a good defender, but it's another thing if you're just going to keep on fouling and make stupid fouls when they cost your team. I think the Clippers, in general, have been underwhelming this season. I picked them to win the championship, and after half the season... I'm starting to think more towards the Lakers, to be quite honest. I mean, it is interesting to see that the Clippers always show up for the big games. Kawhi is able to always show up in a big game. But the Lakers have been locked in 100% this season. They had an incredible win over the weekend without any of their top guys. And, you know, the Clippers, we just assumed everything would be smooth sailing, but they play like they've already won two championships. They're mailing in the easy games, showing up for the big games, trying to flip the switch. There are times when they flip the switch and it looks like you can't complete a pass anywhere, you can't get the ball inside, and that's when you're like, okay, this is a championship team here. But over the course of 40 games, they don't look like a championship team. But they only really get up for the big games against the Lakers. I mean, that's who they're smashing. They're 2-0 against them. They're 0-1 now against the Nuggets, 1-2 against the Jazz, 1-2 against the Rockets. Uh, but they're right there. I I'm, I can't count them out because they're, they just – they haven't played a lot together. It's totally true, but they're literally right there with all those teams behind the Lakers. And so if they have the second seed behind the Los Angeles Lakers, which they should because I think they're all going to start to play more in the second half of the season and they're still – basically with the Nuggets, Jazz, Rockets. I mean, they are, I think they're totally fine walking into the Staples Center where it's their home barn and beating the Lakers. Yeah, here's the weird part with them. I think the Clippers have won, when you look at at least the elite teams in the West, like those top teams, they have one of the easiest schedules remaining. 
but is that good or bad with these clips? Right, right? Yeah. That's the weird part with them. Uh, you would think at one point, yeah, they get both those guys playing at the same time, Kawhi and Paul George, they get their, their lineups a little bit, uh, make a little bit more sense or more evenly weighted, then yeah, they should run roughshod over the rest of the league, especially with an easier schedule. But maybe not, because they seem to only really care against the against the sort of more of the elite teams. But we will see. Yeah, Beverly and Doc getting your worst mm. of the weekend. Um, Trey, who do you have? Loser of the weekend, Andre Drummond. I just feel bad for the guy at this point. <laughs> wow. I'm going to reach back a little further. The Pistons lost to the Cavs on Thursday. Yep. Okay. So not quite the weekend, but, you know, a pre-weekend, if you ask me. <laughs> also lost Saturday to the miserable Chicago Bulls. And Andre Drummond, to me, just looks completely checked out. Uh, he – guys are driving down the lane. He's there. He could challenge a shot. He's just not going to. He's just going to glare at the guy who got burned. And fair enough. You're not wanting to pick up fouls if you're the only guy who can really do – anything on both ends of the court. Yeah. Eric Rose has been playing fine. That's that's enough. But then eventually Daniel Gafford, a rookie, bodies Andre Drummond, pushes him into the basket, drops in a hook shot. Drummond throws the ball at his back, just like, seriously, my dad did that to me all the time. Anytime <laughs> I would score on him, just whip the ball at me. You see Derrick Rose look at Andre Drummond. He's like, what are you doing? Come on, man. The problem is that every team at some point in the season, gets to be the main story in the league. The Cavs have been the main story in 2020 because they have been the bad team, and I unfortunately think that the Pistons are taking the bad team main story from the Cavs right now, and Drummond is going to be the guy who has to deal with it until he's traded. We got about three weeks into the deadline. That's a lot of angry, sad looks from Andre Drummond. Well, what about the rumor that was going around this weekend that the Knicks were the team that was uh, oh, interested in trading for Andre Drummond? That's, why, that's why he's the loser. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough to be in rumors targeting being being going back there. Yeah, Ian Begley reported that. But last week, you know, he was led the show as a winner because at least he was going to get out of Detroit. But you're right, the next few weeks might be tough. I just feel bad that he didn't get his money's worth for that little bop. That, you know, <laughs> that That's what he got tossed for. Yeah, no. For a little boop to Daniel yeah. Gafford's back. You can't even say head. he threw the no. ball at him. That's not throwing. He's like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what tech was worse, that one or the fact that DeMar DeRozan somehow got a tech for detonating on Chris Boucher. And like he fell on him because he dunked on he his head, <laughs> and then he's somehow got a tech because he was just getting up. Yeah, he literally was just getting up, and he got a tech for that. That was, that was an incredible dunk, by the way. Oh, that's so, one of the best dunks of the year. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, just I think uh, Worldwide Wob described it as he basically rock bottomed him after the <laughs> sure. dunk. That's sort of what it looked <laughs> yeah. like. He sort of like threw him down by accident. So uh, fell on him. I, I have to have a little bit more respect here for Gafford after having the ball thrown at him. Did not react. At he, all. Didn't, he didn't. He, he just, didn't even turn around, no, did he? No, which is like. Which which that means, guy's crazy. Yeah, which also shows how just lightly it was thrown. Like yeah. he barely was like, "Oh, there's a fly in here." Uh, I, I, those sort of guys, it's just brewing with him. He's going to snap one day, and uh, you know, because if he can, can, he didn't turn around and do any of the chesting, any of the hold me back, hold me well, back. That's because he he threw down the, the hook shot and then he talked trash to yeah, drum. Yeah. So he was expecting some retaliation, and when it was a light boop, <laughs> I mean, what is he going to turn the around for? Ball to the back. Uh, but yeah, I, Andre Drummond's just frustrated. In that same game, that was in the third quarter when when that happened. But when he locked, walked to the locker room, he tore his jersey off mm. for half, like for before halftime, before he came out for that third quarter. So he tore it and he like he took it off like it was a jacket, like it was like it was pretty amazing actually. He took it off all, he ripped it all the way down. You don't see that very often. Uh, Luca ripped a jersey on Friday yeah. night too. Yeah, Luca was not proud of his jersey right there. He ripped yeah, it but like no. instantly yeah. like, yeah. put it back together. That's the second time he's it. done it. 
He didn't he do yeah. it last year? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He kept uh, playing a little bit too with it like yeah, that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. They should make them play in there. Yeah, I If you agree. tear your jersey Ooh. open, you have to play the rest of the yeah. game. Like that. <laughs> if it gets caught on anything, it's your fault. Your foul. For freaking out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a loser of the weekend to the Miami Heat. They had a bad weekend. They went 0 for 2 in New York this past weekend. They lost to the Nets on Friday night. Then they lost to the Knicks on Sunday afternoon. They blew a lead down the stretch in both games. The Knicks was especially bad. Um, the Knicks put 40 points on them in the fourth quarter. It's Miami Heat here. Though the Heat had their chances. Butler specifically had his chances to tie the game twice um, in regulation. They were down three about 21 seconds ago. He got a pretty favorable call. Reggie Bullock got called for the foul on the three-point shot. I thought that was the old classic Butler yeah. jumping into the guy. Got the call. And then, I guess it's ball, don't lie. He only made two of the three free throws. So they're still down. Barrett's fouled. He, he uh, only makes one of two. So now it's a two-point lead. And then Butler drives. This was weird. I mean, he looks like he has a layup, like a chance at the rim. And, you know, the, the, sorry, I should say this was after there was one possession, but the Heat kept the ball. But then Butler, he turns the ball over trying to pass it to Bam, even though, again, he has a pretty good look up around the rim. Um and it wasn't really even a bad pass. Like, I don't think Bam was ready for it at all. Like, he thought Jimmy, like, Why all would of us he were shooting it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he's dropped, and then it's uh, the Heat blew the game. Um, and, and the Knicks had a great performance. Julius Randle, after the passing of his grandmother, like, monster game. MSG was going bonkers. Mm-hmm. That was cool to see. It always is. Even when the Knicks still stink overall, uh, they've been playing well uh, recently under their new head coach, uh, Mike Miller. But that place was rocking. But the Heat, what are you doing? I mean, these are, these are two bad losses. You yeah. shouldn't lose both of those. Not both of them. No, and Bam actually hit the uh, game tire. Oh, I know. That deep was three, wild. but it was uh, well it and was truly well after. well too late. But yeah, Jimmy Butler, very weird that he, I mean, he it, he's the closer. Yeah. That's your shot. You're yeah, in the paint. You're a the foot shot. from the rim. I know. What are you doing? Yeah, that was Crazy. strange. I think he was adjusting to what had been happening. Taj Gibson had a take to the hoop a couple of possessions earlier where he was, a guy was all over him. No call. Jimmy Butler had to take a possession before this final play. He took it to the rim. Yeah. Guy all over him. No call. Yeah. So maybe he's just thinking, we're not getting calls here at the end of the game. Yeah. I'll try and p- pass it off. But definitely, it looked like he got to twist it up a little right-handy oh, I, layup, shoot it lefty. I don't know. It looked like it was there. Because he looked like he was Tass's a tweet. foot above everybody else. Like yes. He was skying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tass was back from Canada by then. You were tweeting about that game. You're right. Yeah, I think he made a, a decision when he saw three guys go by him that, oh, I'm not going to get this shot off. And he kind of mentally made a decision. I got to pass it. But he should have scored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was Ta- it was Taj Gibson who is – you know, his former Bulls teammate, who's not very young anymore, who, who was barely could get above the rim. So those hands were there from Taj, but, yeah, Jimmy could have finished that and finished the game. He didn't go in it with the mentality to finish it. There's something going on in Jimmy's brain. Oh, I'd like to give one more, one more loser of the weekend to the insane prize discrepancy for <laughs> fans hitting half-court shots at NBA arenas. On Friday, a Knicks fan hit a half-court shot. Amazing. What did he win? A million bucks. No. A th- well, maybe, I guess, potentially, he won $1,000 in lottery scratch-off tickets. <laughs> okay. Like, that is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought Tater... That's embarrassing, t- especially for the Knicks. I thought Tater they Tots got for life was pretty bad when the Grizzlies did that way back in the day. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wow, that's a tough call. What's worse? Oh, come Tots on. or Scratchies? Scratchies, way worse. I agree. What if you hit a bang? No, you're not. You're not. I'm going to That's a fool. On this. I'm like, come on, man. Give me the scratch. Because here's the crazy Can part. Can you hit it bigger than patats for a life? <laughs> the Knicks fan won 1000 bucks in lottery scratch-off tickets. A week ago, 
A mere week ago, a Lakers fan netted a cool $100,000 for hitting the exact same shot. How is this going on? This doesn't make any sense. And it's like all over the board with these. Like, I did like some quick research. I was watching like a YouTube compilation of half-court shots hit over the last couple years or so um, up on YouTube. Okay, OKC, they've given away 10000 for a shot. The Warriors have given away 5000 They've also given away a brand new Beamer. Um, the Kings have given a brand new car away. The Heat, that one time ago, this was a, bit, a little bit longer ago when LeBron was on the Heat, that was for $75,000, and then he got a bear hug from LeBron. Yeah. Uh, the Mavs have given away $3,000. Hmm, that's a little low. The Mavs also once gave away a 70-inch TV. Okay, yeah. The <laughs> Bucks, $5,000. The Suns, $77,777. Yes, this casino was involved in that one. Uh, the Blazers, a new Toyota. The Clippers, a Jeep Renegade. The Grizzlies, as I said, the Tater for Life. It's all over the board here. What's, I think there should be, I don't know what it is. We can decide right now. There should be one you know, prize for hitting a half-court shot. I think it should be minimum $10,000. Way minimum. more. I think it's way more. <laughs> we know how hard it is to hit a half-court shot. Yeah, we're over we get, 40 at we Summer get League. multiple shots at Summer League. Uh, this guy was at Madison Square Garden know, on a right? Sunday. I know. He should be getting 200 grand, so what no, you, no less. 200, okay, I think that's a little <laughs> Why not? Why, why? 200 grand? I mean, 100 grand sounds how many good to me. 100 grand is, is uh, How many times nice in, in New York does a fan hit it? Like once a year? Well, what, no, somebody hit, yeah, somebody hit it last year. Um, there you go. Well, yeah. this is interesting you bring this up. I saw at Clarky tweet, I need Kirk Goldsberry to break down what a half-court shot is worth across the NBA. The difference between the teams is big. The prize value has decreased in recent years, and there seems to be a perception that people are making more of them because every make is now recorded and posted online. Hmm. That's an interesting little, yeah. little part there. Are people truly making more of them? Have fans gotten better at half-court shots, or is it just because we see them all the time? I think we see yeah. we see the fun ones. But uh, uh, come on, I mean, for the Knicks, for any any arena, two hundred thousand dollars for a fan to hit that, I think it looks great on the team because we're looking at this team now, going, what a bunch of cheapskates! You're giving that guy basically a thousand dollars worth of no, uh, of nothing. garbage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's basically what you're giving him yeah. is, is, is recycled. In fact, he's wasting time having right. to scratch all those. Imagine, imagine, said, "Geez, that guy won two hundred grand. Gee, that's life changing. Life changing." Over Christmas, uh, at the Armenian Christmas family, you know, the grandpa grandfather gives everybody. The scratch tickets, right? <laughs> and then you got those packages ones. Like, I don't know, probably they're like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. But it's got a bunch of tickets in them. Yeah. So everybody gets one. And then everybody for an hour is here scratching with a coin and yeah. just wasting time. Oh, I need a... If only I had an E in the crossword uh, yeah, scratch, yeah. I would have won 100000 It's like... What a scam I, they are. I literally just... I waste hours doing those because everybody gets tired of them and I'm like alright I can't I'm not throwing them out at least gotta see right <laughs> you gotta see yeah, but it's such a waste I'm wasting time because yeah. you're right it's even worse than a thousand because you, you have to pay tax on it in this country too don't you I think if you <laughs> well, if you get 200 grand you have I'm to sure. yeah you have to pay tax on okay, it okay so. I think $200,000 for a half court shot made is a little too come much come on man it's the Knicks 10,000 minimum again but okay yeah I'd be talked into a cool 50,000 or 100,000 sure but it's gotta be a baseline yeah there's got to be a baseline. I mean, maybe 10000 is right. It, like, I don't know. I actually think fans are making them more. Everybody's a better shooter these days. You know, Steph Curry started hitting those long shots, so now everybody thinks they can hit yeah. long shots. Yeah, but but what's also great is sometimes when you see the person who's probably never picked up a basketball sometimes. in their life, and they just throw it, and it just goes nowhere near. Oh, watching this compilation, I had forgotten about two you know, sort of classic <laughs> half-court shots. 
There is the one where the guy hits it and he does like a hook shot. He straight up hook shots it and is like, wow, that's quite the technique. But he drops it. And then I had forgotten about, this is a long time ago now, the Hawks game where the guy, no doubt the ball is a little deflated, but he hits a ledgy on the half court shot. The ball sticks, not wedgy, more of a ledgy. I guess it's sort of a wedgy ledgy because it sticks between the backboard and then the exact top of the rim the back of the top of the rim and then i forget that the guy like the guy hosting the the hawks in arena stuff he goes up jumps up grabs the mesh and the ball pops up and then goes in and they're like hey we're gonna have to check but we should count that (laughs) did they count it it's pretty amazing i don't know i don't know if they did (laughs) anyway i mean you should get a million dollars if you wedgie your ledgie on a half court shot (laughs) that's the first like fan distance shot I remember was at a Bulls game. The guy shot it from the the other free throw line, so three quarters court. Yeah. Oh. Million bucks he got. Okay, see. But, but they didn't pay out on that, did they? I thought. <laughs> this is one like... Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. Go, I'm, pretty I don't sure, know. I'm pretty sure that was the controversy one because they, they deemed that he'd played some level of basketball, so he wasn't... Uh, <laughs> He's a pro at three-quarter court shots. Oh, you, well, you, you weren't eligible I or something. Because I, I, I remember it was controversial because it was the big, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yeah, have to, you yeah. basically have to yeah. do that at three yeah. quarters. Um, yeah. Tass, you have a, a a baseline value on a half-court yeah, shot? 10K you, sounds about right. Yeah, I sort of think. That 10K is a decent chunk of money. Come on, man. After way taxes, harder. though, you're talking 6500 maybe. Uh, yeah. mm, that's tough. Uh, let's hear from you guys. What should be the uh, baseline there on a half-court shot made? Is it a 10, 50, 100, 200, like Lee says? I love how you go 200. 200 grand, man. Sponsor it. Get a sponsor on board. Well, that's, and I think Why not that, 100 grand? The, the candy bar. Yeah, that you is. There you go. Ooh, you get nice. 100 grand. There you go. You One get of the two, most underrated candy bars out there. You get two shots, though. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. That's why there are these discrepancies. I should point out. It's generally because it's the sponsor's yes. decision. It's like, oh, 77,777. Okay, from Casino Rama or whatever. You know, like, that makes sense. The sevens, and then, oh, this, uh, you know, this New York lottery is giving away money, but they're just going to give you scratch off tickets. That's the weird part. It's the damn lottery. They got money. Exactly. Put money some behind this. Like, don't we see jackpots regularly of like 185 yeah. million dollars? Like, okay, set aside a million every year, and say we got five half court shots we can afford to yeah, lose at the yeah, next games. Yeah. Crazy. Would you rather, but you'd rather have tater tots, Lee, than even $1,000 in lottery scratch-off? Mm-hmm. I know you don't like tater tots. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I'd want them for life, no. I'd take my chances with the scratchies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boo. What are you going to do with the tater tots forever? You, you imagine when you're 65, oh, here's your more tater tots. Like, no, no. Even your family and your friends won't want them at that point. <laughs> You'll be gone. Your boys, you know, maybe someday they'll have kids. You have grandkids. They call you Grandpa Tater Tot. <laughs> Come over. Oh, Grandpa Tater Tot's always got taters. <laughs> All right. Those are our winners and losers from the NBA weekend. Who did we miss? Did uh, we-, we got one more. Another loser of the weekend. The Bulls ever signing Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis showed up to Lambeau Field wearing a Packer jersey, cheering for the Packers. No wonder he didn't want to come to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Honestly devastating crazy to see this guy. That. Oh, oh. that hurt, did it? Yeah, it did. But it looked good for the Packers' uh, Super Bowl pick. Yeah. Feeling good on that one, That's Dwayne. right. Ugh. Packs win. What do we got? Niners, Packers, and Titans with the big upset taking Chiefs. on the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, yeah. Chiefs came back. See that, Lily? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. Texans were up 24 nothing. 24 nothing. Crazy. Lee. And the Chiefs won 51-31. Really? Yes. This guy likes football. Now wow. you're interested. Wow. Wow. All right. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. 
Our friends at Slam Online tweeted this. It wasn't about the Utah Jazz, but they have made it back again. <laughs> Slam Online tweeted, who is the coolest player in the NBA? Whoa. Oh, a whole gamut of different votes from people out there. Started with Damian Lillard. He got a few. Kelly Oubre, he got a few. Lou Williams, he yep, got a yep. few. Some good, those are good. Yeah. Then this response, nowadays everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips, just a bunch of gibberish. And exactly like they forgot about Clay. Yep. It's a good one. Clay. Clay Thompson is. Yeah. He is. Because he doesn't care. He's cool, yeah. Then people respond to that as in, cool, or, or is he you know, more dorky, and, and he just doesn't have the swagger, Where, which is, you know, the, the spectrum's on Clay Thompson. Maybe he doesn't bring enough swag to the game. Hmm. Jimmy Butler, D'Angelo Russell, Frank Nielakina, interesting. Donovan yeah. Mitchell, Devin Booker, Steven Adams. LeBron James, in a cool dad sort of way, says one guy. Somebody responds, <laughs> LOL, no. Uh, Kyrie Joe Ingles, more votes for Clay, But I'm going to have to give this uh, unofficial winner to the slam vote here, Damian Lillard. He got the most. And uh, it's hard to argue with that, I, I would say. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, yeah I, cool. I cannot sit here and argue that Damian Lillard is not cool. Yeah, Looks cool. Cool game. Takes himself lightly, I do yep, believe. Like yep. he dresses up and has some fun. He yep. lets people insult him and goes back at them. But you know, taking it all in stride. Yep. Good yeah. Good celebrator. Lillard time had the wave. He's Very cool. Mm-hmm. Lots of cool. He's yeah. cool in game, cool no doubt about that. Hmm. It's a good pick. Good pick. Lee, you got you're a team clay though. Right? No, team clay, yeah. But you're yeah. a dork, so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Clay Clay's just like perfect. Perfect on social media. Perfect at the games. Great player. Doesn't care. Wins his championship. Loves his dog. Can a can a dork be cool? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> when the machine came out, Stefan Urkel. Ooh, very cool. I think my vote is for Lou Williams, though. Lou Williams is... He doesn't care just as much as Clay doesn't care. But he's cooler about it. <laughs> Nobody thinks Lou Williams is a dork at all. I'm not so sure that he doesn't care. He blocked me on Twitter. He cares about Very something Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, Steven Adams? Yeah, I think he's, uh, I think he's the coolest. Again, yeah. he's like, uh, he's sort of dork cool in a weird way, too. I mean, he's, like, a, a not, it's not even dork cool. It's a not care cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah which is cool. Lebowski cool. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, those are all uh, good nominations. Let's hear from you guys. Or go, uh, you know what? Don't tell us. Go vote in the Slam Online poll. Is it closed? Is it still open? Can they vote? Or was it more of a just no? It wasn't a, a polls or replies. Uh, okay, soliciting answers. All right, go find that. They wanted their engagement tweet. up high, so yeah, go hit them up. Engage. <laughs> it's killing. All right, pick up results presented by Cash App. This segment is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like paying up when you lose a bet that the Irishman would have zero Oscar nominations. <laughs> it had a lot of them. But Cash App does way more than that. Cash App also comes with the Cash Card, a free debit card that comes with boosts, which are like instant rewards for shopping at the places you already love. Grabbing a soda pop, boost. Grabbing coffee, boost. Grabbing other stuff, boost, boost, boost. We're also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you receive $10, but Cash App will also donate 10 bucks to the ACLU. Don't forget promo code NODUNKS, one word, when you download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. Friday night, Lakers, Mavericks. Mavs were favored by one and a half. Tass and I liked that line. We really did. We took Dallas. 
and we were wrong. Lakers, smoke show. So that's a win for Trey and Lee on Friday night. Lee remains hot. He's the hottest dork I know. You don't fire me. You are the Stefan Urkel of the No Dubs podcast. Lee takes off his glasses and becomes Lee Ellis. <laughs> Tweet at us. Let us know who the hottest dork is. Oh, he would love to lick his finger and put it on his bum. Lee Ellis. So hot. Uh, you're six and one, mate. Right. That's really solid. Trey, right behind you, five and two. I'm four and three, and then task three and four. So mm. six, five, four, three. Um, what's our game here this evening? Charlotte Hornets struggling, visiting the Portland Trail Blazers. Also struggling. Hornets have lost four in a row. Blazers have lost four in a row at home and eight of ten. Blazers' big favorite, though, in this game, minus 8.5. You pick them, they have to win by nine or more. Hornets lose by eight or less or win, obviously. What you got? That's tough. Where you go, Lily? It's a big line for the Blazers. I know. Big old Blazer line. The Blazers have not been good. I'm going Hornies. I think think the Hornies can cover that. They haven't been great either. but That's a sexy guy right there. Saying (laughs) Hornies instead of Hornets. You like the Hornets to cover the uh, eight and a half. So they'll lose or Or just straight up win. Yeah. All right. The yeah. loser win for sure. Yeah. <laughs> one, one or the other will definitely happen. Yeah. Bold the, prediction. What's the line on loser win? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, four straight losses for the Hornets. Also, third game in four nights. I'm like, Lee, I'm feeling horny right now. Yo, yeah, baby. Give me Charlotte off the schneid. Or at least they're going to lose. Oh, <laughs> Close thing. I hate, I hate picking against Lily right now. But I'm going to do it again. I'm taking the Blazers. They haven't played, you know, they had the one game on Saturday. They played the Bucks, best team in the league. Okay. That's going to be an L. But second game at home here. Uh, it's a line that I don't like, but I'll take them to cover. I'll take Portland. Yeah, I think uh, Portland bounces back as well. <laughs> they've lost four straight at home, and they see that the Hornets come to town, who they've beat 11 straight times in Portland. Oh. I'll take them. Take the Hornets. All right, Blazers, Tass, Blazers, Tass, Blazers, we need Blazers, this one, Blazers. man. We yeah, need we this. do, yeah. We need this. All right, Tass and I taking the Blazers to win big. Uh, Got to win by nine or more. The other two guys taking the Hornies. <laughs> All right, that's it for us here on a Monday. Thanks so much for joining us. JD, any uh, quick reactions to the Oscar nominations that did come out today? Uh, sure. I mean, there's. I haven't seen The Joker, but... Or Joker? Is it just Joker or The Joker? <laughs> I can't remember. I think it's just Joker. Uh, Who cares? I think it is just Joker. <laughs> no way it's that good. There is no way that it deserves 11 Oscar nominations. Wow. Also, where's uh, Greta Gerwig? <laughs> Yeah, right. Right? Where's Adam Sandler? Yeah, that people are very upset by that. Anyway. What else? So what who has the is it the Irishman? Um we got, Joker. Uh, like who's pulling is it nineteen seventeen, I assume's got yeah, a ton that's, of yeah. that's there. Parasite, yeah. I believe, is getting a lot of action. Okay. Okay. I haven't seen some of these. Yeah, I like JD how you just come out and say Joker, haven't seen it. No way it's not good enough. Have you seen the Adam Sandler's movie? No. Okay. <laughs> but he knows. But he Greta? knows his performances. I have not seen that little wo- little women yet. But I'll, I I do know this: the Irishman sucks. <laughs> it shouldn't have gotten any nominations. So that's a slot that should have gone to any of those guys. Okay. I'm glad I asked. I'm glad I asked. I mean, let's say the Irishman supporting. I I agree. I I didn't enjoy watching the Irishman, but the supporting actors role, they did their okay. job. Okay. Sure. Yeah. All right. Al, Al, two. So Al Pacino two. and Robert De Niro. Or no, it's Al Pacino and Joe Pesci. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah my mistake because there's so many actors in that. <laughs> there really is, and they're all supporting. 
<laughs> it's called an ensemble cast. Look it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us. If you're not a member of The Athletic, get in the game. Get 40% off your subscription today. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, whether it's ensemble or ensemble, The Irishman was long. Embrace the day, people. Thank you.